Gang, for over a year now, I've been talking about True Hemp Science Full Spectrum CBD oils and how they've reduced my anxiety and helped me get better sleep without waking up feeling foggy and confused. I've also talked about the Full Spectrum CBD bombs that relieved my hand pain last year and made playing piano and guitar much easier. Well, gang, today I'm going to tell you about True Hemp Science organic gummies made with full spectrum hemp oil that are available now. They come in two different gauges. There are five, uh, 50 milligram ones that have 50 milligrams of CBD and 1.5 milligrams of THC. Then there are ones that are 100 milligrams of CBD and 5 milligrams of THC. Absolutely delicious uh, lemon lime slash orange flavors and also watermelon black cherry flavors. Super, super delicious. Now, now, they also have a complete line of full-spectrum CBD products, including oils, tinctures, skincare lotions, sports rubs, chocolates, gummies, all kinds of stuff. Well, gang, How Did I Get Here has teamed up with True Hemp Science to bring you a very special offer that benefits all of us. Spend $100 or more at TrueHempScience.com and you will get a free gift. Just enter the code HDIGH at checkout. There's a little code place there for you to enter it. H-D-I-G-H and you will get a free gift with purchase. That's right. Go to TrueHempScience.com and balance your body and mind with True Hemp Science. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? I know you have a lot of choices out there and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me. So thank you. I'm not sure what platform you're listening on, but whatever platform you're on, give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. It takes just a second and it means the world to me. Plus, it really helps the show. So thank you in advance. And remember, the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here are available on all streaming services. Now, enjoy the show. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys all had a great weekend, whatever it is you did this weekend. That's it, man. First week of the year in the books. Boom. Hopefully you stuck to whatever resolutions you made. Or if you jumped off of the resolution, like which a lot of people do in the first week or two, don't feel bad about it. Don't beat yourself up. Just just try and do, do better in that area that you were resoluting. You know what I mean? Just trying, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm like, hey, I got to stop expanding at the rate that I've been expanding uh, weight wise. So uh, I, I threw down at like like this last week and I sat down and looked up like all these Mediterranean diets and all this stuff. And I went through like, OK, I'm going to do this meal planning thing and I'm going to do this. And then I realized I'm probably not going to do all that stuff. I just got to get some healthy foods and do it right. <laughs> So I did go to two different farmers markets this week, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But uh, listen, man, I had a great time playing with uh, with Harmony Kelly and Shannon Brackett and David Polkingham at the Saxon Pub on Thursday night. It was a really special night of music. So fun, so fun. Like you know, be in the moment. There was no rehearsal. There's no nothing. You got to learn these guys' songs as you're doing them. Although Harmony had a leg up on some of my songs because we've been playing them together. But um, it was such. It was one of those very special nights of music with four friends get together and trade songs. A lot of people showed up. A lot of people showed up. I mean, that place was packed, 
and it was very exciting. We actually played After Pack, the all-female band that plays there on Thursdays. Fantastic group of, uh, super group of women here in Austin. But uh, a lot of musicians showed up. Darden Smith came. Miles Zuniga came. Uh, um, Patrice Pike came. Wayne Sutton came. They all came, and it really supportive. You singing along in the audience. It was just such a magical night. It's, it's like what? what this community is made for. So it was an, a soul enriching night. It was a, it was a pocket enriching night, which by the way, thanks a lot guys. That was great. Uh, always great to have a good gig in January that you didn't expect to have. I'll tell you, cause January is a slow month for the music people. I will tell you that right now, people, that's how the year starts off a little wonky. Um, anyway, magical night of music. I want to thank Saxon pub. I want to thank harmony, Shannon, David Polkingham, all these great musicians. Um, for sharing the night with me and for everyone that came. It was just a really fun night. People were engaged. It was beautiful. It's what I, it's what I, love, what I love about what I do, right? So thank you guys for, for letting me experience my favorite thing to do. Uh, Friday, Saturday, I did podcasts with people. Got to talk to Guy Forsyth, talked to uh, Ray Segrin and uh, Boudreaux, who did a... Uh, who did the Bloody and Bruised, the documentary about the back room, which is uh, hopefully coming out this year at some point. Uh, but it's a great conversation. I got to see the 40-minute screener of that movie, and it's fucking great. So hopefully, whatever kind of event that they have that costs like maybe 50 bucks to go see this thing because they need a fundraiser, they got to clear all this music, uh, do what you can to go be a part of that. Uh, as I said, it's a, it was a beautiful weekend, so Rosie and I took full advantage of it. Uh, we went and just walked like fucking crazy all weekend so much as i said we went to the to the uh farmer's market now saturday there's a farmer's market downtown in republic square park used to be really good there used to be a lot of booths uh johnson's backyard grocery uh, backyard garden or whatever those people you know what i'm talking about that place was great but they're gone from there now nobody's really there now it's like a half a block of like shitty artisan cheese and and weird duck products uh so uh, yeah we went there saturday and it's worth the walk from my place because i can walk there downtown so it's really good but it used to be a reward of like getting shit when we got there but it, it i'm not lying it's going downhill unless they're planning on doing something new with it it sucks uh then sunday we went to the mueller uh farmer's market fantastic farmer's market out there tons of people uh a great time rosie and i walked around the mueller uh that that little man-made lake there and then we walked over to the to the farmer's market, I ended up picking up some stuff. I got some stuff to make uh, pad thai. They have this Thai Simple. There's a great place there, Thai Simple. It's kind of like a, a, a Okay Fresh or something that you order from, from online. They give you the package of everything you need. So this is like all the ingredients you need and the directions for pad thai. You just pick up the protein. So I stopped by the grocery store, picked up a little chicken. Tonight I'm going to make a little uh, uh, chicken pad thai. That's my treat to myself. Uh, gang, before we get into today's show, I do want to let you guys know that I am a member of a new band and we are playing at Saxon Pub a lot of Mondays before Bob Schneider here in Austin. Now, this band is called Happy Land. Uh, it's a super cool band with four singer songwriters fronting the band, which is uh, the legendary Kimmy Rhodes, her son, Gabriel Rhodes, uh, Sean Pander and myself. Then in the band, we have John Chipman on drums, Harmony Kelly playing bass, who I just played that show with on, on Friday and also uh, on Thursday. And uh, Gabe Rhodes' son, Louis Rhodes, who I love and adore playing the piano. So we all trade songs basically, but it's there's rehearsal. There's tons of great backing vocals. We're doing rehearsal on Monday and Tuesday this week. But our first two shows are on Monday, 
January 22nd and Monday, January 29th at 6 p.m. at the Saxon Pub. Please come out and check out the band. Uh, you can like our Facebook page, Happy Land Band, I think is what it's called on there. I'll put a link to it on our on our How Did I Get Here Facebook page. Follow it, man. It's a lot of fun. So far, it's a lot of fun. We bring uh, songs that work best with the band, like songs that you know have room for a lot of backing vocals that kind of like verge on, on sort of like the poppier side of all of our music. So it's a good time. The music's fun. The hang is fantastic, man. I love the rehearsals. So stoked we do, we're doing rehearsals Monday and Tuesday this week. That's exciting. That's like that's like seven or eight hours of great times with great friends that I love. All right. That's Happy Land Gang. Monday, January 22nd, Monday, January 29th, our first show, 6 p.m. Saxon Pub. All right. Get out there and do it. Gang, I have a great show for you guys today. Fantastic show for you guys today. Uh, I got sent the, the music of, uh, of an artist that goes under the name The Bones of J.R. Jones. His actual name is John Lina, Jonathan Linaberry. But uh, he, goes, he plays under the name The Bones of J.R. Jones, and he has a brand new record out called Slow Lightning. Fantastic record. It is one of my favorite records of 2023. I absolutely love it. Go to thebonesofjrjones.com to connect with the great Jonathan. Now, uh, he's heading out, and he's doing the Slow Lightning Tour, if you know what I mean. He's continuing the Slow Lightning Tour starting uh, on January. He's kicking back January 24th, doing some shows on the East Coast, Brooklyn, Philadelphia. Then in February, he's heading to the West Coast, playing all kinds of places out there. Go to thebonesofjrjones.com. Now, uh... For all your J.R. Jones needs, like get the get hook up with his uh, with his social media sites, get the show dates and everything. Sorry, I'm very excited about this and I, I'm, I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to calm down. So, uh, so the bones of J.R. Jones based in uh, in the Catskills in New York. That's where he's born and raised in central New York. He lives up there. He does the whole thing. Uh, the record Slow Lightning is gorgeous. Fantastic record that grapples with uh, fate and the desire in the face of nature and fate. Super dreamy record. Super dreamy record. I love it. Love it so much. I love all of like the synthesizers and the vintage drum machines and the weird guitars on there. And all of that comes from being like a one-man band. Jonathan sits in his studio and creates this music. He does get help from his co-producer, I think, or co-bro, uh, Kiyoshi Matsuyama. Uh, fantastic work that they do together. And I do have to say that this record, Slow Lightning, is one of my favorite records of the year. Uh, he said that he had just come through town and played at, uh, oh God, I'm drawing a blank right now. Anyway, he told me he's, he's been to Austin a few times. Hopefully he'll be coming back through. Maybe he got into South by Southwest. We had this conversation back in November, so maybe some stuff has come up for him. So go to thebonesofjrjones.com. Please, uh, if, if you don't know Jonathan, you don't know the Bones of J.R. Jones, please tune in. Listen to this conversation. This guy's a really talented artist with a great, great story, and we have a really fantastic conversation. And as I said, Slow Lightning is one of my favorite records of 2023. So get out there and check it out. All right, so this is me and Jonathan Lineberry, who plays under the name The Bones of J.R. Jones. Let's get down, gang. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you, man? 
Doing all right. Yeah. Doing all right. Just still recovering from a week of family, I feel like. Oh, yeah? You did no. the whole... So you were also, like, you were in Europe before that, too, right? I was. I was there for about two weeks and um, was home for, geez, I don't know, 36 hours, and then left again for another week to see family. So last night was the first time I got to be home for <laughs> my own bed, which actually felt great. So, yeah. Well, welcome home. Minute. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. How was it? Where did you, where did you go? Where do you go for Thanksgiving? Um, well, I, you know, uh, we kind of traipse around the Northeast. I, I grew up, um, outside Syracuse, New York. Uh, so I still have some family there. So we went up there and then my extended family lives in Northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, so we stopped down there as well. Um, try to hit all the high points and then my wife's family lives in outside DC. So this is the first year we weren't down there. So we'll see them over the, over Christmas. Wow. But yeah. How about you? How about uh, you? I spent it actually, I went to my girlfriend's who live, her family lives like an hour and a half out of town. So I went oh, over there for a few where, Where's LaGrange? Where's that? I'm in Austin. Oh yeah. 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 Austin, yeah LaGrange. Yeah. Beautiful. That's great. Yeah. Do you play How down in Austin ever? I, I've done, uh, well, yes, over the years, of course, I've had my run-ins with South by, um, and then, um, I did scoot in. Oh yeah. Um, a couple years ago. And then you have to forgive me. I forget the name. I was there just last year. It's all right. And I can't remember, I can't remember where I played. Sometimes those, um, they all blur together. Unfortunately, I could tell you, I could tell you. Uh, and this is just would probably tell you how important food is <laughs> to a touring musician. <laughs> I could tell you that it was. I could tell you that it was next to a great Thai restaurant. I had a really nice bowl of uh, um, or Vietnamese. Excuse me. I had a great bowl of pho while I was down there. Okay, it was right next door. I couldn't tell you what, what the name of the venue is. <laughs> I can't think of a venue with the. Uh, I'm the same way on tour. Like I'll be like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, people will be like, "Oh, how was Kansas City?" I'll be like, "Oh man, that fried ravioli is something else." Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, uh, you, you have, you have few joys on the road. And so you tend to like the comforting things like good coffee or good food is what, what matters most, I think, you know? Oh yeah. And that feeling of like, you're going to the town and you know, the restaurant or the coffee shop and you start fucking so excited. (laughs) Oh, it's like, it's your, it's your touchstone, you know, especially if you've been there before, you're like, Oh, I know exactly where I'm going to get breakfast. I know exactly where I'm going to have my, you know, my, you know, like my meal. It's, It's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, all right, dude, before we go too far, uh, this album slow lightning is fucking great, man. I think it's one of my favorite records of the year for sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Thank you. You write amazing songs and, uh, just the vibe of like the one dude making a record vibe is one of my favorite. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, uh, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, it was, uh, laborious. It was a tougher one for me for some reason, but, um, you know, we, a like, lot of what stuff do you mean? Like left. recording it was a tougher one or writing it or what? Well, I think, I think writing it was really tough for some reason. Not, not that writing is ever easy by any, by any measurement, but, um, uh, for some reason this one, you know, nothing really sounded right. I guess, you know, sometimes you, you, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this, you know, you write a song and you work on it until you feel somewhat satisfied with it. But 
I couldn't, this is the first record that I couldn't stop fiddling. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't stop going back and trying to overdub things and messing, messing with a mix or whatever might happen, you know? Um, so at, at one point, my buddy Kiyoshi, um, who, who helps me produce these records, um, uh, was like, you know, we should, we just need to, you need to stop. <laughs> so, so I did my best to let it, to let it lay, you know, where it was. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm just happy. I'm happy. I'm happy it's done. It's out in the world. And, um, yeah, I, I do, I do think there's some good moments on it for sure, which is, which is, uh, which is a win for me, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's 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 to me it's one giant good moment. I'm I'm not joking when I say Thank it's you. one of my favorite albums of the year. This fucking Thank you. is being recorded. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going appreciate on record, that. baby. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, th- yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that you tinkered. There, there's something here. Let me just show you this real fast, just so you get an idea. I'm I'm uh I'm also like a I I make records like half the time like that but also wait how do i get it to turn around oh here we go sorry just kind of like get an idea of my oh yeah my scene well, that's a... oh man and guitars and shit and uh all my acoustics are in another room but i uh i i know that feeling so when i'm listening when i was listening to your record i was i was having that uh that's that that magical feeling when you're listening to it and you know someone's reaching for shit, especially the synths. And the fact that yeah. you chose like in some of the songs just to do like this one single low note, dude, it's so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I I Yeah. It, 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 to, me, um, to me, no matter I'm, how I, serious I, the music can get, sorry to interrupt you, but to me, no matter no, how, no. how serious the music can get, when it's when it's one person alone creating and exploring sonic uh, uh, choices, and and just getting lost, I I can almost feel it, like you know, like 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 McCartney's records that are like that, you know. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I that's 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 um, yeah. You know, I I I. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I just really appreciate that. It reminds um, me of you, Sparkle Horse or something, too. In a ah, way. that is a huge comment. I love Sparkle Horse, man. That, his, his, uh, ah, man, what record was it? it? It was the one with, I think it was a song called Gasoline. I forget what it is. But, um, man, I was, I used to listen, listen to him so much me when too. I was, uh, like 2001, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, um, was the record I, God, there was a record so it's so a so wonderful sh- life around that time that i yes, listened to incessantly. yes that's the one yeah. that's the one that's yeah. the one and like it's it and i felt like he tapped in to some like i mean everything he did was sounded so unique and so profoundly sad and yeah. but but not but not not sad in a way where you're like oh i can't listen to this this is like too heavy but like it was interesting and, it, and the melodies were so catchy um yeah he yeah he was great yeah he was really, really great yeah I have, a, I have yeah. an embarrassing story about him really quick, if you want to laugh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I was at a show of theirs, and I was in the back, like not in their backstage room, but in the back, you know? Uh, yeah. And a guy that's a huge booking agent, and their agent was like, uh, hey, uh, you want to smoke a joint? And I'm like, sure. So we go in their backstage room while they're playing and smoke it out. 
And then my cousin shows up and I'm like, oh, dude, you know what we got to do? We got to wait for them backstage. They're almost done. And we'll like wait for them with like a big fat joint and they'll love it. Dude, he was so fucking mad when he opened that door and saw me and my cousin in there. <laughs> it was yeah, like he threw us out so fast. He was so mean. I felt terrible. But anyway, it was a faux pas on my part. No, I mean, yeah. we've all been there. You know, you get excited. You're in the moment. You're like, this is a He's going to love this. Uh, Lee's going to love this. Yeah. I've never met him before, but he's going to be so excited to see me. I can't yes. wait. <laughs> yeah. Especially all sweaty, catching his breath with his beard. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So anyway, this record has that kind of vibe of like, it's a wonderful, like I, I will be listening to this record for a long time. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Thank man. you very much. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you record there in your place in the Catskills? Yeah, well, uh, so it's kind of like a patchwork, I guess. You know, um, I do a lot of demoing here in, in my attic, which is just a chaos right now because I just got back on tour. Um, and I'll do some like I'll do some guitar tracking and some vocal tracking. I, I'm not the best engineer. Uh, I'm the first to admit that. So there's a lot of trial and error. And so what I can get done up here is that I can usually figure out the arrangements and the instrumentation. So you know, like synth Moog, uh, or, or any, any, or like any, any, like any sort of anything that I can kind of, even if it sounds crappy, at least it's like a sketch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, at least this record in the prior EP, uh, a celebration, uh, I was working with my very good friend Kiyoshi and he has a little studio down in Beacon, which is, maybe an hour and a half hour 45 for me. And, um, he's much more adept at, um, understanding what I'm trying to articulate, I guess, and just being a great sounding board for me. And so, um, I, you know, bring to him my ideas and we work in my demos and we kind of like flush them out a little bit further. And, and then, and then for slow lightning, we, um, we rented, um, uh, there's a studio in Westchester, New York called Chiller Sound, and they have this beautiful live room, which is something I've never really, really ever done. You know, like I've, I've recorded in nice studios before, but this is the first one that had, you know, just gorgeous, gorgeous drum drum room with vaulted ceilings. And there's little, little like little uh, fireplace in the corner. And it was just very, very moody and beautiful uh we were there in february and um we ended up there's a little apartment above it that we rented out and so the sound engineer uh daniel um my friend who played drums and then kiyoshi and myself all stayed in this apartment and recorded uh during the day and we got snowed in it was pretty magical we were there for five days six days five nights um and um, did all the principal recording there. So all the, the live stuff basically was done there. And then, um, or the bigger stuff, I should say. And then like the overdubbing was done at Kiyoshi Spot in, in my attic. Awesome. Long, long-winded answer. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's so beautiful up there, especially this time of year, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, where I'm at... Um, we are, we're at a higher altitude than a lot of the other, uh, areas in the Catskills. And so we get, it gets cold and gray 
pretty quick in for a longer time here. In fact, I'm looking at my attic window right now and you know, it could be, it could be the month of January out there. We had snow. It's just, it's just (laughs) winter is very long here. Um, but it is, it is fall up here. Uh, especially early fall is just stunning. Yeah. I love it up here. I, uh, I played a party. I'm in a, like a, I'm one of the bands I'm in is a cover band and we play some pretty interesting and weird rich people's like parties. And we went, those like, are always fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we actually played a, a wedding reception in Westchester. That was really amazing. Had all these comedians at it, but, uh, but there was one out in the country of like the year before COVID or maybe two years before lockdown. Um, I remember a long van drive from the city up there, but it was so beautiful. We played in these people's backyard, and they had a baseball diamond and a tennis court and all this. It's just fucking. Do you know where you were? No, just curious. Do you know where you were? Okay, Okay. I know we passed. I know we passed Daryl's house, the club. I'm not familiar with that. Okay, wherever they, wherever it is that Daryl's house is done. I'll I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah. Anyway, um. All right, so uh, so you're from that area too? Like you were born and raised up there? Not far. I grew up outside Syracuse, okay. uh, uh, rural area in like central New York, and so um, that's maybe you know two hours from here. But mileage wise, it's quite close. But because it's all back roads, it just takes about two hours to get there. So um, if you're familiar with like the Finger Lakes and things like that, not far from there. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm familiar yeah. with. Uh, with like stories of old comedians working the Catskills and uh, oh, like you're like the the Borscht Belt. You're <laughs> talking Borscht about Belt. and and yeah. also uh, what's the movie? Don't put baby in the corner. Oh yeah, Dirty Dancing. Uh, Dirty, Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, basically yeah. my connection yeah, to the Catskills. <laughs> well, we are far. We're pretty much we're for, further northwest than that. But yeah, we you have to drive through there to get here. So yeah, I see quite a bit of that, and I used to live in that area as well. So it, that part uh, down there, like towards the Hudson Valley and just like the, the foothills of the Catskills down there, it, it's stunning. I, I love it yeah. down there. It's it's really beautiful. Yeah, it, It's funny what a beautiful state it is. It, you know, that most people just go like, I just went to New York City uh, two weeks ago and played a couple of nights. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's so funny as soon as you get out of there, the insane... So- like beauty. It's almost like North Carolina or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I equate it to, uh, North Carolina quite often just because you get into Asheville or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And that's very, it's not that different. very similar. No, not that different at all. Yeah. Uh, where'd, where'd you, where'd you play down in the city? Uh, at, uh, at, uh, uh, Hill country barbecue. Oh, no kidding. How was it? It was great. Yeah. 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 We did a public show, I, public show one night and then a private show the next night. Awesome. Yeah, I remember seeing a friend been there, uh, boy, geez, a while ago, but it was a great, great venue. I actually went, I saw you lived in Brooklyn. I went to, uh, where did I go? I got, <laughs> it was one of those after show, a friend of mine owns a club called Sleepwalk in Brooklyn. Oh, Joseph? That's so funny. You know, it just, this is just weird how algorithm al- algorithms work. So I never heard of Sleepwalk until early, earlier today. <laughs> and a poster for a show popped up on my feed for, and I thought, what a great name for a venue. Yeah. I literally had that thought. I was like, what a fantastic name. <laughs> that's, that's, so that's where, funny. that's where AI has gotten it. Knew I was going to tell you yeah. that in a few hours. 
I know it's true. <laughs> exactly. It's scary. That's scary. Anyway, I forgot where I was going with that. We got lost in the, uh, Oh yeah. You just forget that there's this beautiful country above that city. That's it's like Absolutely. literally majestic. It's a very big state and the, and the topography is, is pretty, the spectrum of it is pretty vast, you know, um, especially like whether you're thinking about downstate, the Hudson Valley to the Adirondacks and then as the, the Southern tier and like, um, the finger lakes as you head West. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I've always, I've always loved that about, about touring. Like I've loved looking out a van window. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, in fact, and I'm sure you can really relate to this, you know, the, the parts of touring that, that I, that I find special or one of the many parts that I find about it is like those, those drives where you're off the main highway. Yeah. And for some reason you have to go through, you know, like the side, the side streets of the detours or like where you can actually see the, see the towns that you're driving through and things like that. And you're not, you know, it's, it's pretty pretty special especially when you get out to like the midwest and further points west you know yeah it's it's great yeah yeah i'm not a big i I love the east coast because the drives are so short you get to spend more time in all the places where you land and yeah west coast i always feel like you get there and you're like like their drives are fucking long to me yes yeah yeah absolutely absolutely especially when you're like you know, tilling through, you know, whether it's the Southwest Arizona into Colorado, those drives get pretty long because there's a lot of, <laughs> like you said, a lot of spaces between those cities. Yeah. Or like LA to like, to like Seattle, there's like four gigs. You yeah. Know? And they're yeah. all just like we're long putting, drives. We're putting together a route for February out there. And, you know, you look at the map and you're like, okay, well, it's just one coast. How long could it take? And it's going to end up taking like, 10 days just because the drives are so long. It feels like, you know, you're like, I can't, but you find, you find what I'm trying to be better about mainly because I end up driving myself all these places and trying to, trying to be kind to myself. Um, it's like taking my time and, and not feeling like if it's an eight hour drive, not feeling like I'm driving myself eight hours to step into a gig to get up and then drive another 10 hours after that, like finding those moments where I can be like, okay, I can take an extra day here. I can take an extra day here if I need to, just to, you know, try to try to remember why I, why I do what I do and enjoy it. Yeah. 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 That's hard. Uh, it's uh, in my, in my, well, when I started doing like going out on the road, it was like 1989. So there's like no cell phone. So there was like always like a panic of if you were going to get where you were going or not. Or if you were yeah, gonna find it course. or be there on time or not. Yeah. Um yeah. but um I was gonna ask you, like getting started playing up there, it, it's kinda get like the same as, as here. There's a lot of markets you can get to. You can go to a lot of cities and go back home that night and still be able to do your thing. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you did, did you um, grow up musically like in a culture of, of getting out of town and playing shows elsewhere? Uh, yeah. I mean, to a degree, you know, I, I grew up, like I said, outside Syracuse. And so we, I was pretty tied in, I said pretty tied in, you know, I don't know how much a 14 year old can get tied into it, but, um, I grew up in like the punk rock hardcore scene in Syracuse, New York. Oh, awesome. And, uh, played shows ad nauseum. I mean, probably every weekend it, it felt like my band played 
the local community center. And then as we got a little older, you know, we would branch out and go down to Binghamton or something like that and go on our first tour through the Midwest, which really wasn't even a tour. You know, we put together maybe three shows in three different states over a course of a week and really like we spent more time in the van driving than we ever could ever imagine getting to shows. You know, it was just, Oh, I know a buddy in Bloomington, Indiana. He'll, he'll give us a show. And so we drove, you know, 14 hours to play this stupid show for $25, <laughs> you know, it, which is, which I'm sure you can, you can relate to, but yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, on a, on like now, on a professional level, it is kind of nice to be able to hopscotch back and forth, you know, a little bit and have a home base. That's not too far off the beaten path. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with long drives. And so even if I'm remotely within a four hour drive at home, I'll probably try to get home that night, you know? Yeah. 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 So let me ask you real quick. When you're, when you're doing these shows, you're, you're they're they're solo shows. You're just playing an acoustic guitar and, and, well, it depends. Um, I have two shows coming up this weekend, um, and those are technically solo shows. But um, you know, I bring a kick drum out with me and a little hi hat, okay. and I'll kind of kind of do this sort of paced together one man band type thing, um, for better or for worse. But um, for longer tours, uh, I'll bring a drummer out with me, so we go out, we go out as a two piece. Okay, um, which is a lot of fun. Plus. Plus, I'm not alone in the car. I get to talk to somebody, and you know, we get to listen to music and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. interesting because you're. I, I was wondering how you achieve sort of the dreaminess of this record when you're doing a show solo. Like, how do you get? Because it it does well, get into like some. Not to keep up yeah. bringing up weed, but there's like some stone. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great stoner. Oh, record. really? Yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that. I. That's wonderful to hear. Uh, uh, so uh, I do my best. Um, I've noticed that guys that start off in punk rock oftentimes end up are a solo dude with a guitar, but with the yeah. same sort of intensity. Like, you know, Frank Turner... He's a British. It rings a bell, but I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't place it. It rings a bell, but I can't place it. Yeah. John Doe now, you know, the guy from X. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's like a, you know, he's an acoustic guy now. It's rock and I want to check him out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I wonder, I, 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 you know, I, I have a theory, I guess, as to like how I ended up here, you know, but you know, I can't speak for everybody, so to speak, but, you know, my thought is like, so I grew up in, like I said, like the playing a lot of punk rock and hardcore and things like that. And I think what I really loved about it as a, as a teenager is that like kind of angsty emotion and, um, that shared, shared experience that you got at the show. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, yeah, that energy. And, um, and that's all it was about. You know, it wasn't so much about the songwriting or, or, I mean, obviously that's an element, but you know, like what real, what, what the reason you went to the show to see the bands that you saw a thousand times was because you wanted to be there to have that energy and be part of that, that community. Right. And I feel like, <clears throat> at least for me, you know, like I kind of like fell into the blues and, um, when I was in my early twenties and discovered, you know, 
Lion Lemon Jefferson and Robert Johnson and Son House and all these guys. And man, they just, there was just this rawness yeah. to, to what they were doing. You know what I mean? And yeah. this ugliness. And like, I felt like, man, they, they don't, I mean, they cared what it sounded like, but they, they really didn't care whether it sounded pretty. You know, they wanted, they were trying to express an emotion more than anything else. Exactly. Than that. And I felt like that's a short step away from the, you know, the same feeling I had going to the punk rock shows to a degree, you know? And so, um, yeah, man, I, I love that stuff. And, and I, I do think like you, you, I, and I agree with you. I think there's like this, this funny evolution in, you know, punk rockers as they get older, what do you want to call them? You know, that they, they will find their way into a, into like the more folk, the folk side of stuff. Well, it's still, it's, there's there. I mean, it's still honest and it's still like, it has the same ethos is still there. You know what I mean? A lot of times I mean, it ends Guthrie. up being DIY. I mean, do you have a label or anything yeah. behind you? Or are you? No, no, this is all independent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like all that, all, especially like the, like real, like not even the blue stuff, but the folk stuff, you know, like there's nothing more punk rock, you know, like with their messages and you know, what they were, what they were trying to express in their songs and stuff like that, you know, yeah, the same, they were fight, fighting for the same cause. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it's funny. Do you, uh, when, when was this, like, when did you make the, the turn and start, like, what, what did you, in your early twenties, <clears throat> did you go to college or anything? Yeah, I was, I was an uh, undergrad at that time. And honestly, I stopped playing music for, oh, probably from, for about 10 years. Um, um, from 17 to about probably like 26 or 27 you know, I still played a little bit on the guitar here and there, but I didn't. I didn't really do any shows. I was teaching. I was in college. I was in grad school. What were you teaching? And um, I was teaching art. Um, I was. I was an art school teacher at a at a school in uh, Brooklyn. Oh wow! And um, and then when I went, uh, I kind of like you know would do funny little open mics here and there when I got bored. But and then I moved back up to the Hudson Valley. Uh, for school and, you know, just, just had a little more time on my hands when I wasn't trying, when I wasn't in the studio working or like the art studio working, um, and started doing, started doing these shows at a little dive bar in New Paltz, New York. And again, it was just me with a kick drum and it was definitely more punk rock oriented. You know, it was very like, um, uh, it was like a, it was like a, and I feel like I'm still in this vein. I still, still chasing this tale to a degree, but like, you know, it was like very like possessed by Paul James and, um, and, but it was just a little heavier, you know, like very stomp oriented and, um, kind of just, kind of just been, been doing that since, I guess. Yeah. yeah. In different versions of it. Yeah. Um, in, in New Paltz, did you ever know a guy named Jeff Klein? a singer songwriter from there he's lived here for no. a long time like 20 years more than 20 years no 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 this um yeah i, I was only i was in new paltz in 2005 to seven so or seven to nine excuse me 2007 to nine um so yeah i, I didn't meet him unfortunately huh do you have kids yeah you have the children no 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 children uh married and we have a very very handsome hound dog Oh uh, yeah, uh, I saw company. pictures of him on Instagram. Very beautiful dog. Oh yeah, Gus. Yeah, he's yeah. the best. He's a good dog. Yeah. What is your wife? Yeah. Is your wife in the music racket too, or is she a regular person? Uh, 
No, she's she's uh I would not call her a regular person. Uh, uh she's a writer. Oh. Uh, so she so um gets her creative juices flowing that way. Um, and even though I would say she's not a musician, I would tell you that as someone who writes music, I think she has an incredible ear. You know, you, it, I feel like, you know, a, a, there's people that have this talent. Obviously a lot of producers have this talent where like she, um, couldn't play an instrument, doesn't sing very well, but she knows that she has an incredible critical ear. And I mean that in a good way, you yeah. know, like I think she like, she knows what good, what good shit is, you know? So, yeah. um, which helps me quite a bit because, you know, much, to, much to her annoyance, you know, she'll hear me play a song for months at it on, you know, at a time, just when I'm trying to figure it out and get it out and figure out where it needs to live. And, um, she's, she's always a good sounding board for that and helps me kind of massage it to where it needs to go. Yeah. Dude, that's like, yeah. uh, the basis of Rick Rubin's whole thing. Like he didn't play anything. Yeah. But he's a genius. <clears throat> I don't doubt it. Yeah. I also stand by my love for uh for the uh the Velvet Underground the and Nico, the album with the banana on it. I stand yeah. by that Andy Warhol's one of the greatest producers of all time. I believe it. That's a great <laughs> album. Yeah. I mean I that was that was that was one of the first albums um my older brother introduced me to growing up or like one of the first, like, you know, like I would say good albums, you know, like, like, you know, not, not crap. I would have found on the radio at the time. What so. were you listening to? What were you listening to when he, when he, when he dropped that on you? Oh, I couldn't even like, tell like you. I mean, it was so long or something? I mean, it was before that. Okay. Um, but I, but I, I mean, I did listen to Blink-182 for sure, but you know, I, I feel like I, I was probably like nine or 10 when I heard that record. Oh, wow. And Blink-182, yeah, Blink-182 wasn't on the scene until, uh, that was like, so that was like 91 or 92 that I heard that record. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, anyways, what yeah. What were you listening I, to I back didn't... then? You look a lot younger than that. I thought you were a younger guy than that. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. Um, uh, boy, in the early 90s, you know, I think, you know, I've had a lot of different tastes, but having an older brother, I think who's, he was, he's, he is three years older than me. Um, he definitely helped guided me, you know, to discover some good stuff. Like he introduced me to no effects way back in the day. And of course, Nirvana and all the, the whole grunge scene that came along with that. Um, um, all I can think of from 91, I know that was a huge year for music, but all I can, all that comes yeah. to mind is like, uh, <laughs> MC hammer too legit to quit. No, oh, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, you can't get away from things like that. But you know, um, I will say, and I don't. When did when did Joshua Tree come out? Do you know the record? Uh, YouTube, like nineteen eighty seven or something. Is it really that long ago? Okay. Well, I probably didn't discover it until about that time. And that record, I still, I think that, I think that record's phenomenal. I know there's a lot of people that don't care for U two. I'm okay with that. But uh, that record, uh, for me at that time in my life, was very important, and so. I mean, it's probably one of the records that made me want to be a musician, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm 55. So like when I like, and I had my first band when I was 13. And so they like, that was that he was my guy for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. B uh, Bono. Uh, Bono. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh yeah, yeah. 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 
I think it was a lot of guys. Like you look back at other guys that are around my age, like you can kind of tell the Radiohead guy spent some time listening to him. Especially like yeah. when you first heard Creep, it was like, wow, this dude really wishes he was Bono. You know what I mean? I mean, I I, I remember hearing, God, this was years ago, and it's, who, I, who knows if my memory has distorted it, but I remember listening to some like NPR special and they had, this was after Today came out and Radiohead was, you know, basically they've become who they are, you know, this, right, this, right. This, huge rock band and um it was some uh, i can't remember the show anymore but it basically they had like three music critics on and the host was talking to them about indie music and and you know uh a and r artist development Uh and somehow this guy got a one of the early demos of radiohead before before pablo honey came out you know it was it was like one of their first attempts at recording something and played it and like was talking to the critics and, and Rex um, representatives record reps about it. And like, you know, would you ever think about signing this band and all of them passed and, and, you know, and they talked about how, you know, arts development is so important, you know, like this is just case in point where, where, you know, like you, it takes, it takes so long. And like, this is, this is freaking Radiohead, you know, like, yeah, God. And what they became after that, after that crappy demo, you know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, so it's funny yeah. those kind of dynamics and and people's like I remember hearing these stories about uh, Moby was on Electra Records and uh, he turned in this record called Play and the president of the label was like this is just there's uh, I think the quote was there's no commercial potential on this record. And they gave it back to him. Like they just gave, they were like, dude, you can just have it, man. This is, you made it in your room. You didn't spend that much, but you can just have it. And that every song was licensed to a movie, a commercial at least twice, every single song. You could, that's, there's I mean, not, there's I actually, no more commercial album of its time for a record funny? label president to say, there's no commercial potential to this. I mean, it just goes to show you, most of us don't know what the hell we're talking about, right? No. Or anybody, but um, the, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, 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 I saw in your, on your website that you have somebody that, that you have somebody that works in, in like uh, uh, song placement and stuff for you. Yeah, I have a, well, I have two, yeah, I have a licensing um, company I work with, uh, Think Music, which they help oh, yeah. sync a lot of my, sync a lot of the stuff that I do. Uh, and then I have like a di- digital distributor, uh, which helps me with like obviously like Spotify and Apple placements and stuff like that. Well, it seems to me like your music definitely has so much vibe and mood to it that it would be great in a scene of something happening. I I've, I would be the first to say that I've been very fortunate um, that uh, I have had some success in that world. Oh, yeah? You know, in fact, it's the only reason. I well, in the sense that like. Um, you know, it was sort of, I let, I landed the sink back in 20, 2015 or 2016. And honestly, that was sort of like the sort of like kick, you know, kick you out the door moment where I was like, uh, at the time I was just kind of noodling around and playing shows and I had put two records out, um, and had licensed, licensed a couple songs for, for not much money to 
smaller TV shows, but I managed to um, license one for a car commercial, and that kind of gave me a little bit of a nest egg. Wow! To try to build, to build, to build, build, build this. I guess you know whatever it is. Um, um, but you know that it ebb and flows, and some some years are pretty dry, and some years there's it's always a windfall. You never, I can never expect it to happen, but right, sometimes right. it does. I get lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what was uh, what was the car commercial? What was the company? It was a it was a Subaru uh, car commercial. Shit, dude, that's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was for a song called Hearts Racing. And um, yeah, I just got I just got just got lucky, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so so every now and then, you know, you you like I said, you don't you don't ever count on it. Every now and then, you get you get a little lucky. And um, so uh, yeah, that, that was, like I said, that was the moment where I was like, okay, maybe I can make this a living and see what I can do with it. Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny. Yeah. I, I worked with this nonprofit here that was, I, I don't, I don't think it's around that it kind of, it, it had a rough few years after COVID and a few months ago, they put everything on pause and kind of let everybody yeah. that was involved go. I think to bring in new people or to see if it's going to be able to happen again. But, uh, that was something that in the community, like that was something that people were like, I, I want to do this. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. But so does like Robert Plant. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're not the yeah. only person out there. Like you didn't just wake up and go like, oh shit, I should get my song, song on a show or in a commercial. Oh, like, I know. It is like in the last 15 years or whatever, it has become so competitive in that world. And you are, you're competing I, with Aerosmith and shit like that Subaru commercial. It wasn't just you, man. It was, it might've even been the fucking Beatles, you know? Yeah, it's true. And it, and it, and it's, it's funny. I would even, I would even argue that it's changed in the last like five years, seven years or whatever it might be, because, you know, there was, and again, I can only speak to my own experience, but there was a time, uh, even in my career, I feel like the licenses, the, the, the fee was a little higher, you know, like you could, you could, yes, you could, yes, like, yes. there was a, there was a, there was, there was a yes. threshold, you know? Um, and then it, I feel like obviously a lot of companies got wise to it and they realized, you know, they're all starving musicians for the most part, you know, these people that are writing this music so they could, they'd be happy with, you know, half, half of what you're offering probably. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't be none the wiser. So, um, you know, the competition has increased and the fees have gotten lower. Um, which I guess is just economics, but, um, there's also, yeah. more, there's also more places that there's more yeah. placement opportunities than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It is interesting. Do you, do you, have you had something like on a show that's strictly streaming? Yeah. Yeah. How, what, is, um, it, what is that compared to like broadcast? In terms of, in terms of a fee? Yeah. Um, well, it, you know, the, 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 the margins, the, the spectrum is so large. I feel like, you know, um, uh, I did have a placement for a Netflix show. Um, I don't think it was ever, I don't think it was like broadcast television. I want to say, I want to, I want to say it was like a Netflix series. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it had, um, Ashton Kutcher in it and Sam, I forget the name of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a while no, ago. No, dude, my, my friend, um, no, no, no. My, my, my friend does the fucking music for that show. No kidding. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt Newman from yeah. the Bodines. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the, the ranch, right? Yeah, yeah, the ranch. That's yeah, what it was. The ranch. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I can't remember whether the placement was just for uh, an episode or whether it was like an advertisement. Like it was like, you know, to promote the okay, show. Okay. Usually, usually those promotion spots, I feel like you get a little, it's the, the fee's a little higher where if it's like, we're going to play, you know, your song will be in the show for 10 seconds without, without words, you know, it's just the instrumentation, you know, those fees can be pretty modest. Yes. Um, but yes, yeah, but to your point, um, the, the, um, um, the, I feel like the streaming, the streaming platforms don't, don't pay quite as well as, as a broadcast platform for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something there's, uh, there's all this conversation now in the regular world and for people listening, like, uh, there are people that like, if they see your song on a thing, they're like, Oh my God, you know, take me to dinner, bro. You know, you must be rich, but they don't really understand how it really works. No, no. And there's all, I mean, again, I, 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 this is just like boring business talk probably, but you know, like there's all sorts of ways that, that my, that your music can show up on something. And honestly, of course, like residuals have to be paid it to, to some degree, but the way, like, how do I say this? So for, I'm going to give this an example, for an example, I, I had a song, uh, playing that played in one of the transition uh, periods in the Super Bowl last year. Whoa. It was, yeah, right? Huge, right? And I, I didn't know about it. It was never, it was like one of those things where like they, it was like, you know, between, you know how they used to do like those 10 second moments when, I don't know if you watch football or not, where it's like, oh, they like show a quick replay of something that happened in the game and sure. like they're transitioning sure. to a commercial. Yeah, right, right. So that wasn't technically a license. They used they what well, they qualify that as is a live play. So the fee is like I got paid a couple hundred bucks for that. Ouch. You know, if that you know, which is like it's just funny. Like you know, like you, I got so many texts about that moment. Yeah, yeah, I was like, it's not going to cover my mortgage. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny but when you were anyways. when you were asking about do I know what those scenes look like. The only song that came to mind was "All the Small Things" by Blink One Eighty Two. I don't oh know why God. I'm thinking about yeah, them so much yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude. Uh, so it, you're you're hitting the road in you're doing a couple of shows like in the next couple of weeks, but this isn't going to come out for a few weeks. But you're you're doing some regional yeah. touring up there in January. What else do you have yes, planned for 2024? Uh, well, if, if all things go as they're supposed to plan be, or how we're planning them to be, I'll be on the West coast for the first, for the two weeks in February. Um, there's some dates in April that will probably put me to into the Rockies in the Southwest. Uh, if that happens, that'd be great. Um, there'll be, uh, kind of an extended release of slow lightning, hopefully. Um, but two tracks and two or three tracks added to it, um, on, you know, first on the digital streaming platforms. Um, and then hopefully, you know, like I'm, I'm in a rare spot right now where for some reason I'm, I'm writing a lot. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of having a little chunk of time where I can develop these songs and and maybe think about the next record. Good. Good. I'm excited for the next record, man. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, yeah. I love this yeah. album, and um, hopefully, hopefully, you'll be coming to Austin in all of this touring time. Yes, I hope so. There's if if again, we'll see yeah. what happens. But um, right now, if things go well, there's a chance it'll be like early April, late March, or something like that. But you know, I I've learned. And I'm sure, as you know, as someone who's toured and knows all this stuff, like a best laid plan. So we always, we always have goals yeah. and kind of like drawn out routes. And when things yeah, yeah. Look, work out wonderfully, it's great, but they rarely do, unfortunately, for, for logistical reasons or whatever reason. So, but yeah, I'm hoping I honestly, I try to get down there when I can around that time of year, just because March and April up here are pretty miserable. You're still in the, in the dregs of winter and, um, being in Austin in March sounds like a slice of heaven to me. Yeah, it is a slice of heaven. Maybe come yeah. down in August, see what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. Thank you. <laughs> All um, right, thank you. Well, dude, this has been great talking to you. And, yeah, uh, and this record, again, Slow Lightning, it's great. Everyone get out there and check it out. The Bones of J.R. Jones. Oh, before you go, quick Cheers. question. Yeah. Um, what is The Bones of J.R. Jones? What does that oh mean? man, uh, it does. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't mean much, unfortunately. So my name's John Robert, okay. which is the Jr. portion of it. My dad called me Jr. growing up, and um, when I was starting this whole project, you know, what I wanted was kind of a catch-all that that necessarily didn't mean it was going to be a solo act or a two, you know, a, a duo or a three piece or whatever it might be. I really wanted to be. I wanted to have a lot of flexibility in how I presented the project, and so I felt. I felt like having something kind of darker and a little, I guess a little ominous or whatever, you know, to kind of be at the forefront of it, but, but also not, not be married to my identity um, was what I was after. So that, that was kind of the, the, the birth of that, I guess, where I, where it came from. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's yeah. a great name. Thanks man. I appreciate it. Yeah. A little bit. I have a little, I have a little bit of buyer's remorse on it, but, I think anybody would, I guess, after well, so many years. The thing but, yeah. is, is like any, any, like, it's so hard to come up with a band name now. I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah. there's been, everyone's been used. And then you think about it, like bands like Radiohead or even like the Beatles, like, and the way it's spelled, yeah. like, that is the stupidest name in the world. <laughs> and they went real <laughs> far with it. Yeah. I always think about that scene in uh, that thing you do where... <laughs> The guy called the them O-Neaters. the O'Neaters. <laughs> the O'Neaters. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Wonders. The, the yeah. Wonders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a friend that calls that movie the O'Neaters. Oh, man, it's yeah. so good. It's so good, yeah. 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 Well, dude, this has been great um, talking to you. And uh, yes, this record really is likewise. one of my favorite of the year. And, uh, Cheers. And, and I'll reach out to you on social media. Stay in touch. I'd love to come see you play Please when you do. come to town. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. It's Austin or Catskills, don't be a stranger, okay? And uh, I'm real sorry about the whole no, no. stupid. Hey, dude, you got to, yeah. when the wood comes, you got to take it, especially in this time of year. You know, I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I appreciate dude. it. Yeah, nice to okay. meet you. Bye, man. Yeah, take it easy. See ya. The Bones of J.R. Jones. Get out there and check out their record, Slow Lightning, available wherever it is you stream and download music. And also go to thebonesofjrjones.com to find out if the Slow Lightning Tour is coming to a town near you. I want to thank Jonathan for taking the time to talk. I had a great time talking to him. There there was a funny point where I took out like five minutes of me waiting for him to go get wood that they were delivering, but it was going to be real cold and he lives out in the middle of nowhere. And when the wood guy comes, you you can't be like, hey, can you come by later? Because he can't. 
So that was a, I was dealing with some rural, some rural issues there with Jonathan. The Bones of J.R. Jones, Slow Lightning. One of my favorite records is 2023. Get out there and check it out. Go to thebonesofjrjones.com. Find out if they're coming to a town near you. And gang, when you're out there checking out that website, you can subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. I've got so many great shows coming, coming your way. People you heard of, maybe some people you haven't heard of. You should get to know these people. The Bones of J.R. Jones made one of my favorite records of 2023. It's called Slow Lightning. Enjoy the rest of this song. Have a great week, whatever it is you're doing. I will talk to you on Friday, and let's get down. Sometimes